Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war to do it, but I'm here. I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to have to talk about what is happening over in the Middle East between Israel and Palestine and what I'm sure will be more countries, perhaps even the United States, in due time, in, in days, in hours, whatever the case may be. I didn't want to talk about it for a lot of reasons, uh, primarily that being I am not a political science major. I'm not a theologist. There are always so many variables and things that we just don't know that I don't necessarily like to speak on things that I'm not overly confident in speaking about. However, I have a lot of questions as usual, and I have a lot of questions surrounding this particular circumstance. Now, I will also warn you that this show is probably going to be filled with a lot of unpopular opinions. So if you're somebody that is not open to hearing different perspectives, if you have taken your stance and there's no wavering, this probably isn't the show for you. And that's just me being honest because my opinions are what they are. The questions that I have are what they are. And I think it's incredibly important to have these conversations, especially when my country, the United States, the country that I feel should be taking the most priority for my time, attention, energy efforts, is maybe going to be involved in a world event, a skirmish, if you will. I know that our military is moving closer to Israel as a show of force and as a show of solidarity. I know that there are other countries like Turkey that has come out and said, oh, hey, US, mind your P's and Q's, not something you're going to want to get involved in. So here's, here's what I find fascinating. If you listened to my show last week, I talked about immigration and the immigration crisis that is happening, not only in our country, but across the world. And really the theme of kind of last week's show was looking at what happens when we have such a massive shift of humans. What happens when small populations become large populations via immigration What allegiance do those immigrants have to that new country? What are they willing and not willing to do in exchange for being able to stay in that country? Maybe as a refugee status or, um, you know, whatever type of status you can obtain through the governments to have safe harbor. 
maybe get on government programs. And I now can't help but think the United States for decades, for years and years and years, this is not just a Biden regime situation. We saw immigration during the Trump administration, not to the extent that we are seeing it now, especially on the illegal side. We had it during Obama. We had it during Clinton. We had it during Bush. We've had it during everybody. And I think that it is part of the fabric, part of the interwoven aspect of this grand plan. When you have a large number of immigrants come to any country, and now granted, I love it that this country was built by immigrants. I love that because me not really having an idea, well, I have some idea, but not really like strong ties to a quote unquote, like cultural heritage or ancestry. I love it that we have this melting pot. I love it. I love eating other cultures' foods. I love hearing people speak in other languages. I love learning about their traditions and their way of life. Or you visit cities like maybe New York or Chicago, and they have this, this sort of unique rhythm about them, depending on where you're at and depending on kind of the neighborhood and the culture surrounding that neighborhood based off of the people and where those people maybe originally came from before coming to the United States or their family traditions that they've passed on. I love it. But there is a downside to it. And the downside to it is that when you have immigrants come to a country, there is always the chance that they will hold stronger allegiance to their country of origin than the country that they're currently living in. And I touched on this last week, talking about, you know, what if something happened to where we were in a war, a skirmish, whatever you want to call it, but something to where these new world order freaks are coming around and basically recruiting people to be part of a UN or a global army, who do you think that they would potentially go after? I think that they would go after the people that are sort of maybe feeling in limbo. Like, well, I left my home country. I've got it pretty good here in order to stay here. Oh, yeah, I should. I, I, could, I could get on their team. I'm going to be at the top of the food chain. I might have some risk involved, but you know what? I took the risk in coming to that country. I know what that's all about. So if you look at it from even another perspective, still talking about immigration, you have people that have come to the United States that still hold very, very strong allegiances to their country of origin or to their families, maybe their parents or their grandparents' countries of origin. And those countries might always feel a little bit hot. There might always be a little bit of tumultuous nature surrounding the politics, maybe religion, maybe the location that they're in. I think you maybe see where I'm going here. The Middle East is a hotbed. I'm almost 42, and from what I can remember from my life, the Middle East has 
always been a hotbed. I think for good reasons. As a person of faith, I believe that it is land and a part of our world that carries with it significant history and significant importance from a biblical standpoint. You know, you have this sort of intersection of three of the biggest religions kind of in our in our world, which is uh, Muslim, Christianity, and Judaism, right? All in this very, very sort of small, compact area. It's natural and normal to anticipate there being a little bit of friction. But as long as I can remember, there has always been friction. And it's not just with those three religions. I grew up uh, with a mother that was involved in the Baha'i faith. If you're not familiar with that faith, faith, I would encourage you to go and look it up. And I had friends that were um, Baha'i growing up, and they faced significant religious persecution in Iran. So it isn't just Christians and Jews and, and Muslims. But what happens when that is sort of the atmosphere and I think culture, culture associated with religion and tradition is so intense and it is literally a part of your lifeblood. And I don't think you leave that behind when you come to a new country. And I think that we are already starting to see that here in the United States. We already have lines being drawn. We have our pro-Israel people, and we have our pro-Palestinian people. Now, something else that I find incredibly fascinating, and I told myself I wasn't going to talk about this because it is exhausting to my heart and my soul and my energy and everything else, and I did post something about it on my Instagram the other day that... I'm just not going to go there. And then I thought, well, I should probably just, I should just dabble. I'm just going to dip my toes in the water about talking about this. Is no one here in the United States understanding what the playbook is yet? Are we incapable of literally anticipating the next step? And if so, why? What sort of trance are people in that they cannot put these very, very simple dots together? Is what's happening over in the Middle East terrible? Yes. Are their lives being lost? Yes. It's sad. It's devastating. It's scary. It's horrific for those people that are going through it there. It's horrific for people that know people over there that have friends, relatives, all of those things, right? But look at what it is doing. Within 24 hours, we have lines drawn in the sand. We have people pitted against one another. And we have finger pointing and we have accusations and we have all of these things happening amongst ourselves here in the United States, 
relatively far removed. I'd prefer that we were even further removed, teetering on isolationism. And they are literally watching us again go head to head about something that's not in our own backyard. It is thousands of miles away. Well, yes, still impactful. We aren't learning. We seem to be going backwards, actually. It's this this devolution, if you will. We were pitted against each other all through COVID. Mask, no mask. Vax, no vax. Stay at home, go out. You know, I'm going to listen to the government. I'm absolutely not listening to the government. We have Russia, Ukraine. And now we have Israel, Palestine. When the whole system should be recognizing, all of us should be recognizing that it is literally the same people. The same people that wanted us shouting about masks at the grocery store are the same people who want us shouting at each other about Israel and Palestine because they don't care. They don't care about Israel. They don't care about Palestine. They don't care about the West Bank. They don't care about Gaza. They don't care about the United States. They don't care. And for some reason here in the United States, we always just think it's our people. Oh, our government is corrupt. Oh, it's just the Republicans. Oh, it's just the Democrats. Oh, it's just. It is all of them. And how I feel confident in saying that it is all of them is because we still go to war. We still kill one another. For what? Over what? Land, resources, which are ultimately money, power. But they're not fighting amongst themselves. They're using us to do the fighting for them. This is textbook. This is playbook. This is page one. And I am still just absolutely miffed at how many people here in the United States have just unplugged from their emotional outcry and the audacity and the devastation and the the input and this, you know, sadness and lack of understanding and and educating themselves over the Russia-Ukraine situation. And I'm going to put my my Ukraine flag on the back of my car and I'm going to say I stand with Ukraine. And who are those people standing with now? Standing with Israel. More than likely. The narrative right now and the majority is standing with Israel. Which I don't have a problem with. Stand whoever you want to stand with. I don't get it. 
I don't understand it. What, what are you standing with them for? I couldn't get anybody, just like I can't get anyone that vaccinates their children to tell me what is of health benefit in that medical procedure. I also can't get anybody that had a Ukraine flag in their Instagram bio to tell me what they were standing for. What is it about Ukraine? What is it about a, a, a proxy war? What is it about that that you're that you're standing for? What does that even mean? Are you donating money? Are you donating money? Are you taking in Ukrainian refugees? Like, what are you doing? What does that mean? And conversely to that, what would it mean to say I stand with Russia? It doesn't make any sense. If you're from there, okay, I get it. Well, I've got Russian blood or I'm from the Ukraine. Okay, all right. But what but what what are we not seeing through about the fact that two countries who have long history beef for decades? I mean, those things go way back. Not to mention all the stuff that we don't know. Not to mention all the stuff that we do know that nobody wants to talk about. What are you standing for? I don't get it. Same now with Palestine and Israel. And now this is probably where I'm going to rub some people wrong. Because I'm going to pose some questions. And I'm going to maybe get us thinking about some things. And I'm maybe even going to suggest some things that are a little uncomfortable. Because that's what I kind of like to do on this show. If you haven't figured that out yet. Ruffling feathers is sort of my favorite pastime, and I don't mind doing it. Because sometimes I think we have to stop placating and stop being so soft and tender and afraid of hurting people's feelings or afraid of suggesting something, even as maybe ugly and uncomfortable as it is, we have to. Especially if you, in my opinion, this is kind of how I walk through life, right? I'm never afraid. I don't really live in fear. I live in a state of preparedness. And that is a variety of things that, you know, that's my physical health. That's my spiritual health. That's my mental health. That's my actual home. You know, I like to have things and supplies on hand. So I don't live in a state of fear. I live in a state of of acceptable preparedness. But if you're not thinking about things from another perspective or not thinking about a potential what if, is that somehow hindering your preparedness or a level thereof? I think yes, for me personally. I never want to get caught in a situation where I didn't look at something a little bit differently as a way to help me prepare. So I want to talk about that. Really, we'll dive in heavily in the second half of the show. But I just want to bring some things up and they might feel a little, just might feel a little uncomfortable for some people. If you look at the United States history and our involvement 
whether you think it's necessary or unnecessary, it doesn't matter. We always seem to have our hands in everything on the global scale. Again, because I think it's serving, you know, this master plan and America always presents itself as the front runner and, you know, in this greatness, this great land, which I do think we are. But part of that comes with this weird arrogance to go in and almost disrupt the way that things are done in other countries. Now, again, I think that very much serves its purpose. I think that that's part of the manipulation. I think that's part of the puppet masters pulling the strings and making sure that things fall exactly in line how they are supposed to fall in line. Whether we go in and we replace people in government, cough, cough, Ukraine, you should look that up. Look at what John McCain and some other folks, you know, get their hands involved with. Whether we go in and we push for elections, why would we push for changing people's elections? Huh. Maybe ours aren't the only ones that are rigged. What a concept. The United States goes in, bullies all of these people, maybe even brings in the UN, looks at, you know, oh, well, it's a peacekeeping effort. We really need democracy. Let's get these people to have a, an election. It's people who've never been able to vote before. I mean, doesn't seem like a bad idea, right? Presented as something that's necessary for these people. Come in, run it the way that you want it run. And then, boom, install the people that you want installed to help further along an agenda. I wouldn't be surprised if this has happened dozens upon dozens of times throughout the world, all at the hands of the United States. Well, I shouldn't say at the hands of the United States. I should say as the United States being the, maybe the puppet for the globalists, for the elites, but since we carry a lot of that power, we sure are the ones that can get in there and, and, and muscle our way in. So they'll listen to us. Oh yeah, do it the American way. That way seems to be great. As we've all seen over the last few years, the American way, the greatest way. So when we come back in the second half of the show, I'm going to just ask some questions. I'm going to ask some questions about the Israeli side of things. I'm going to ask some questions about the Palestinian side of things. And then we're going to pose some questions about how those things directly apply here in the United States. I am Nurse Beth. You are listening to Nurses Out Loud here on America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's time and this is This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, 
ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix Rx. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. With the rise of independent media, we are now America Out Loud News. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news. Liberty and justice for all.
Welcome back. Second half of the show. If you weren't here for the first half, I'll just quickly bring you up to speed. Of course, I'm talking about what's happening over in the Middle East between Israel and Palestine. I gave a warning at the beginning of the show that if you are dead set on how you feel about this, your allegiance to one region or the other, if you have your mind made up about all of the things happening, this show probably isn't for you, especially the second half of the show. I try to not live in that world. Of course, I have my convictions. Of course, I choose to participate in the things that I'm going to do, and I have hard passes on what I'm not going to do. But I look at everything with a little bit of discernment and ask some questions. And that's really what I'm going to just try to kind of do in this second half of the show. Now, I've always had this strange lack of understanding about why the U.S. has sort of this savior complex, if you will. And secondarily, why the rest of the world looks to the U.S. for that. I find it very strange. I understand the idea of allies. I understand the idea of what happens when you go to war. Do you need to have these people on your side? Who's got what? Now, perfect world, we wouldn't need any of that, right? Because perfect world, we wouldn't have sociopaths running our government and trying to accomplish a global takeover. But we're here now. Hey, that's, that is our world. That is what we're dealing with. So we do have countries with nuclear weapons. We do have terrorist organizations. We do have unhinged people running other countries and encouraging you know, terrible things for their people to do to other people. It's just a reality. Now, the United States and Israel has always had a strong relationship, right? We always think about Israel as an ally to the United States. Again, I don't know if we would ever go over to Israel and if somebody would say, I stand with the United States. I don't know. I don't know if any countries. Now, I saw that a little bit through COVID. I saw a little bit of that through the election cycle between Biden and Trump, where other countries were sort of cautious and were maybe even cautioning the U.S. on what would happen if Corn Pop were to get into office. But for the most part, I don't think we're seeing a lot of people in other countries putting American flags up on their socials saying, I stand with the United States. We love to do that here. We love it. We love it so much. And we probably don't even have any idea why we're doing it. And that's the question that I would like to ask. Again, just like I brought up with Russia and Ukraine, what are you standing for with Israel? If it's religion, okay. The predominant religion in Israel is Judaism, as we know, here in the United States. It's very prevalent. So if you're standing based off of a religious factor, okay, I'll I'll, I'll give you that. If you are standing with them because you've got 
friends or family over there. Again, okay, I'll give you that. But if you're standing with them, I guess for any of those reasons, are you at all capable of potentially looking at the Israeli government and things that Israel has done in the past? Because let me tell you, they are not perfect. And this is also what I find fascinating. Israel sort of gets this pass. They get this sort of like golden child pass for anything. And I don't, I don't get it. We we know we know that they've got some some dirt. They've got some skeletons in their closet. Just like every other, every other country has made missteps. They have done things wrong. They have not been perfect. But I feel like Israel sort of gets this pass. So I'm curious if the people that are standing with Israel, do you ever question the Israeli government? Do you ever question the Israeli military? Could there be something else going on? And one thing that's very curious to me is how heavily invested Israel is in security and technology and protection, weapons. I am having a hard time understanding how this wasn't picked up. Long gone are the days of Pearl Harbor style attacks where where nobody is aware. And I might even eat my words on that a little bit because I don't think Pearl Harbor is the story that they tell us it is. I'm just going to say that as the granddaughter of a Pearl Harbor survivor. So I'll even take it one step further. I don't understand how no one in the intelligence community on behalf of Israel could not have sniffed this out. Nothing, nowhere. And nothing for the United States either, for one of our allies, for a country that we say that we would, you know, do anything for, really. I mean, it's always been kind of protect Israel at all costs. And we couldn't sniff this out. I find that very hard to believe. And here's where the uncomfortableness comes in. If they missed it, they missed it. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need a lot, of, a lot of work to convince me of that, of just a blatant, oops, we just missed that one. Like, it's not like the cashier at Safeway forgot to ring up a yogurt. Like, it's not just like, a, oops. Sorry about that. 79 cent yo play made it through. Okay. So if that's not the scenario, then did they catch wind of it? And did they ignore it? Ooh. Eek. Yuck. 
But why would they do that? Why would they know? And then why would they ignore it? Allowing something like this to happen, gross thoughts, horrible thoughts. But our governments, and I can only speak on behalf of the United States because this is where I live and this is what I know and this is what they have shown to me over and over and over, is that the cost of civilian life is nothing. Especially if money and power is at stake. Now, certainly not an accusation on my part, just simply pointing something out that seems a little amiss to me. Also just trying to point out the fact that governments typically don't go all out 100% self-sacrificing on behalf of the citizens. It's typically not where their allegiance lies. They like to say it does. They like to walk the walk, talk the talk, and then when the rubber meets the road, oof, well, actually, not so much because you've got this lobbyist in your pocket, you've got this globalist in your ear, You've got this money being dangled in front of your face. All the things. So it was either a Yoplait yogurt on the conveyor belt that just slipped right through. Or it was a, we see it, we're ignoring it. Or even worse, this has been a plan for so long. And what if this plan ends up ultimately serving both sides? And yet the fallout of that are the citizens, which is always the fallout when there is war or conflict. What if both sides are getting money from the same people? What if both sides are getting technology provided to them from the same people? What if both sides are being offered the same types of rewards for engaging in these activities? I don't know. Is that crazy? Is it so far-fetched? I don't think so. You guys have listened to me before. You know where the spaghetti brain of mine goes. It goes every which way, trying to make sense of something that doesn't make sense. This just doesn't make sense. Now, let's also talk about the very strange coincidence. And you guys know how much I love a good coincidence. Here's one for you. The attack on Israel by Hamas was exactly 50 years to the day of the Yom Kippur War. If you're not familiar with that, have a little look-see, hit up the webs, do a little searchy-searchy, and look it up. I, again, am just tiptoeing that very fine line of 
I don't really think I'm believing what we're being told. It's just too, like, really, of all the days, of all the days, and nobody thinks that that's strange when the newscasters bring that up. 50 years to the day. Oh, that's weird. No, it's not weird. It's planned. It's orchestrated. It's calculated. And they're counting on all of us watching the television going, oh, that's weird. Yeah, that is weird. Huh. Weird. They're literally counting on that. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of people are falling for it. Here's my other thing. Israel is known, their kind of airspace and everything is, is, is known as the Iron Dome. Again, let's go back to this security issue. You're going to have the nickname of the Iron Dome and some dudes are going to parachute in at a music festival? Wait, what? That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. What have you been doing? Where's all the monies? Where's all the monies that the U.S. sends you? Where's all the monies that you have on your own? Where, where, where's it going? You're clearly not investing in anything to make the Iron Dome impenetrable. If some dudes are going to float down during a rave. I don't understand this. It makes zero sense to me. Zero sense. There was something that just smells rotten about all of it. So let's flip to the other side now. Let's flip to, to the Palestinian side of it, which the Palestinians have got to feel as though there's a lot of push and pull in this region, right? Palestinians feel displaced. Palestinians feel, you know, they're, this is their homeland as well. Okay. But you also have to look at, well, again, maybe a grain of salt. They show us what they want us to see for an emotional reaction and to get us all riled up and then to maybe take sides. But from what I've seen, these attacks and this infiltration is pretty brutal. Like real brutal. Things that are barbaric in nature. You know, kidnapping women, raping women, torturing, murdering. I think there's some sort of general consensus that if you're going to talk about a war, going to war, I think we always think of that as a man thing, right? And part of me as a woman is happy about that because I do feel like our men are the protectors and that 
in that purview, if you will, they sort of are the ones to go. They go and they fight. We don't really expect for there to be such a brutal attack on women if we're calling this a war, which it has been officially declared as a war. And there will be retaliations. There already are. Israel's going to start, you know, sending off their rockets and their military forces. So whatever sentiments you have, maybe as a Palestinian, maybe as somebody who uh, fled there because you felt as though you were being pushed out of your country, Uh, religion is probably another issue, whatever religion you are practicing. And so you are obviously going to side with the side of the Palestinians. That's the way it works, right? But I would pose maybe the same questions in that the end game And what is the goal of all of this? And is it possible that the Palestinians are being funded by Iran? Is it possible that that cargo plane full of cash taken over by Barack Obama when he was president laid the foundation for what we're seeing now? If you're not sure about that. Ooh, that's a juicy one. You should look into that one. Everything is so interconnected, in my opinion. I just don't think these are random acts. These are not single, solitary, isolated incidents. The foundation for these things go back for years. And people have hands in them that I think we don't want to think have hands in them, first of all. And second of all, maybe feel a little bit now too far removed to bring them back into the conversation. And I think we need to bring all of these people back into the conversation. Like the Obamas. I mean, the Biden regime, let's be honest, it's just a front. It's an Obama term just with corn pop at the front. That's it. Finishing off what Obama started, which was the destruction of America. So here's where we look at the United States. And this is sort of, again, maybe on the heels of my show last week about immigration. And let's talk about how many people in this country are going to say that they stand for Israel. And I'm talking about not just the people that are like the virtue signalers and that they really have like no concept about what's happening over there. Not to say really that, I mean, not to really say that I do, but I'm not taking a side. I'm not standing with anybody. You know who I'm standing with? The United States. I'm standing with my country and I'm hoping that we don't get in a war. And as a person of faith who, yes, recognizes that there are holy lands and holy cities. But I also recognize that my God is the God that said, pray, pray for the world, pray for your enemies. I'm not just praying for Israel. 
that's another, that's maybe an entire other show. That's a hypocrisy that I cannot fathom is to literally single out or exclude others from a potential prayer. We were told to pray for our enemies. So what happens here in the States? What happens when the United States becomes involved by way of ally? We've got to go over there. We've got to send troops. We've got to send, you know, ships and planes and all the stuff. We are potentially involved in a war. What happens here in the United States? I've already seen some videos coming out of New York. I saw some videos coming out of Florida of these groups pitted against one another, whether they're Palestinian immigrants or their parents, their family tree. So they've got their allegiance. Same with the Israeli side, whether you're from Israel parents, grandparents. I think if you're Jewish in this country, you're probably automatically standing with Israel. Again, I get it. But what, what happens? What happens here when the U.S. goes to help Israel and we have probably hundreds of thousands of Palestinians here in this country? Are they going to lay down? Are they going to roll over? Do we also not think that there is the possibility of massive amounts of sleeper cells, of micro groups within our country that have gained access with our immigration, just like I talked about at the top of the show? We've got to be incredibly naive to think that we are not facing a massive risk here on our own soil should we choose to go and become involved in this. We're not just risking it from the inside with people that want to stand on one side or the other, but we are risking it from the outside by countries that are not in allegiance with Israel. And we won't be able to back down. We can't. You know, President Trump, we had treaties, we had peace, we had four years with no wars, all of this happening. And now a short time later, we're literally on the brink. So close. And what's going to happen here? What's going to happen with the allegiance and the ties to your home country and your native country rising to the surface versus thinking, oh, I've lived in America now for however long. I'm an American. Oh, but the Americans are siding with literally like my biggest rival. 
mean, I personally, I think that that for me is more of a potential realistic situation than an external threat. I don't know that anybody is going to send a nuke our way. I don't know that anybody is going to roll up on us real hard. But do I think that people on the inside would potentially do something? Of course, because we've seen it. It's happened before. And do I even think that potentially some of these groups are being funded by our own government? Yes. I'd be foolish not to think so. It's what they do. It's how they operate. It's how they continue to keep massive control, massive amounts of money, massive amounts of corruption, all going on behind the scenes while we are emotionally invested in the actual fallout, in the civilian death, in the destruction of people's homes and businesses and their livelihood, all while while the, the dirty, rotten scoundrels are in the background, still living their best life, raking in all the dough, getting riding in on their high horses, nothing changes for them and everything changes for us always. It always changes for us. So that's my like hot take on what's happening over there. It's going to change, I'm sure, minute by minute by minute as more stories come out and as we hear more and as we see things and eventually as the United States decides whether or not we are going to forge ahead and make our presence felt even more. But all I know is I am not taking sides. I am continuing to put my faith in my Lord and Savior. I am continuing to support my country. And I will continue to pray for everyone involved. Both sides, if you will. And for the people that are affected by it. Because the longer that this goes on, the more people that will be affected by it and the more damage that we'll see. And that's the position that I am going to take for this particular event that's happening in the world and more than likely other events that are happening in the world. And with that... That is all the time we have for today, friends. But remember, we are here on the air five days a week, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern with a different nurse host daily. Please be sure to tune in and listen to myself and my amazing sister nurses as we walk you through all of these hot topics. We will empower you with information and education. We will advocate and we will stand in the gap for you because we are nurses and this is what we do. I'm your host, Nurse Beth, and you can find me here every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to make AmericaOutloud.com your daily stop for all the latest news and happenings. We all must do our part and share the stories, the articles, the podcasts, and videos so we can help secure America's future. 
Until next time, be safe, be well, and God bless. Join us weekdays with a different nurse host daily where no topic is off limits as we shine our lights and expose the darkness. It's time.